I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Yes, and this is a mini episode. It's a mini episode. Welcome. Just a little short one for you. Yeah. So let's just dive right in, shall, shall we? we? Let's just dive. Let's do some diving. What Do you have anything parti- like particularly depressing or... I mean, I don't have anything devastating okay. in my view. Good. Just a death. Okay, yeah, it's just a death. <laughs> it's, it's just fine. a death. So we both kind of have the same, like... Sort of sad thing, yeah. Okay, so George H.W. Bush passed away. His funeral was yesterday. Today is Thursday. So two days ago, when you're listening to this episode, if you're listening on Friday, I should just stop talking. Um, (laughs) Earlier this week. Thank you. On Wednesday. I could just say on Wednesday. Um, So his funeral was on Wednesday, and the first thing that I, like, got from that funeral is just how fucking awkward it was that Donald Trump, like, the way he behaved was so awkward. The fact that he was there was uncomfortable. Well, but that's the thing is that, like, George H.W. Bush made it, like, a point to say that he wanted all of the presidents currently living to be there. Which is a little surprising to me, to be honest, because... I know that he didn't like Trump. Do you remember, like, famously, he, like, shaded Trump because he was invited to the inauguration and he was like, "Ah, I'm sick, I can't go. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, the next day was on the field at the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, also, he, Trump did not go to Barbara Bush's funeral. God, that guy's such a fucking asshole. Yeah, he said, it says, Trump had skipped out on former First Lady Barbara Bush's funeral to avoid disruptions due to added security, which means that... 
So he was trying to be. So he was trying to fall on his sword and be like, "I did it for you." Yeah, and out of respect for the bushes. Bullshit. Okay, Uh, they didn't want you there. Melania did attend, though. I didn't know that. Yes, because she sat next to Barack, and it was the only time she looked happy like this entire year. I know. She's like, "Oh, thank God, it's all good." But yeah, I guess he still insisted on everybody being a part of it. Trump also. was asked to stay away from Senator John McCain's funeral as well. Yes, he did not attend McCain's funeral by express wishes of John McCain. John McCain was like, I don't want that asshole there. Yeah, exactly. So it's interesting. And, you know, I'm I'm not a Bush fan. I'm not a big, you know, like, I feel like history is rewriting itself a little bit with, um, I mean, I, you know, don't have a whole lot of personal experience with H.W., but W., I sure do. And I have, like I told you about, like, the stress ball my mom gave me of his face. And, right. Like, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing about both of them. George H.W. Bush definitely did some really shitty stuff when yeah. he was in office. Um, George W. Bush, I feel like, one, he's coming across as pretty lovable now because, yeah. by comparison, what we have oh, is so awful. Oh, by comparison, he's a saint. But also, but also, I don't think that George W. Bush was ever the mastermind behind all of that shit that went down during his, his administration. No, I think that his dad had a lot to do with it. No, I think Dick Cheney had a lot to do with it. That's I true. think Dick Cheney pulled the strings on that yeah. um, on that entire presidency, which yeah. is why now that George W. Bush is not in office, we can kind of see, see him as like a funny, bumbling right. grandpa. And, you know, obviously his relationship with the Obamas and Michelle Obama in particular is so endearing yeah. that it it warms everybody to him. Yeah, it's it's more of like on a personal level rather than a professional level of respect for Right, him. yes. Like if, if George W. Bush was just like a friend of my grandpa's, I would think that he was a totally fine person. Yeah, as a president, you know, not, not so much. N- should never have been president. Should <clears throat> no, never have been president. I agree. Um, um, George H.W. Bush was another one of those kind of... Um, Great all-American war hero kind of guys. And he was charismatic. People really liked him. Yeah, he flew more than 50 combat missions during World War II. Uh, he has served as the CIA director and ambassador to China. Um, so he, I mean, like, he did some, like, decently, like, patriotic, all-American, blah, blah, blah stuff or whatever. But um, it was interesting to me how I feel like he took his patriotism with him to his death. I feel like by him having Trump be a part of his funeral, it was his way of trying to have some honor, some respect for his country. Sure. Even if Donald Trump is a piece of shit, I feel like the symbolism of having all of the still living presidents together was probably important to him. Yeah. But just seeing Trump walk in... He behaved like an infant. He really did. He's sitting... Like, Melania is sitting next to Barack Obama... He's sitting on the very edge. He, like, kind of makes communication with Barack Obama. Kind of, yeah. Hillary Clinton is looking straight Mm -hmm. ahead. She's Mm -hmm. like, I will not look down there. I would not want to acknowledge him either. But it does kind of... Listen, you guys are full-grown adult human beings. Can Agreed. both of you, Hillary and Trump, stop acting like children? Yeah. Like, it's it's funny to see that she oh. was just, like, icing him out hard. Yeah. And I get it. Like, the guy is a piece of shit. But also, like, I don't know. Let him be the one who looks like an asshole. Oh, I don't think it made her look like an asshole. I think it was just very... 
uh, honestly, like, I would have done the same thing. I get it. Like, they're both adults. They should behave a certain way, yada, yada, yada. But, like, to me, that was, like, the most... I think like, the way that o- the Obamas handle themselves are listen. I would is probably exemplary. I would probably act the way that that Hillary acted, yeah. but I would want to act the way that the Obamas acted because yeah. I feel like they are still able to be super professional. They just have the most grace. You yes. know what I mean? Like yeah. they're just amazing. I saw this tweet by Aaron Blake where it's a photo of all of the former presidents and their wives sitting in the pew together, and it says the Trumps are seated next to one. The president Trump said was legitimate, Obama. Two, the president he said assaulted women, Clinton. I- illegitimate, you mean, right? Sorry, yes. The <laughs> president Trump said was illegitimate, Obama. Two, the president he said assaulted women, Clinton. Three, the first lady slash SOS, what is that? Oh, Secretary of State. Wow. He said should be in jail, Hillary. For the president he said was the second worst behind Obama, Carter. So it's like he's talked so much shit about everybody. Right, and he's which just is probably next why to them and like uh, he sat there like a fucking toddler the yeah. entire time. He's even kind of slumped forward too. Yeah, like, which I mean is kind of always how he looks. But oh, there's shit here. It's fine. And I yeah. Um. So George H. W. Bush died. On November 30th, Bush suffered from vascular park, uh, Parkinsonism. Parkinsonism. That's hard to say. Um, which is a form of Parkinson's disease. Okay, that disease. was my next question. Yes, I was yeah. like, you mean Parkinson's? So it had forced him to be uh, to use a motorized scooter or wheelchair since 2012. Dude, I would be the funnest person to, like, have a motorized scooter. Like, I, I mean, would it would be shit up. It would be fun for you. I don't know that it would be fun for you. <laughs> no, him. I mean, like, I would just be, like, I would get a kick out of myself. I'd be, like, running people down and, like, yes. running into kids and stuff. Yes, and, you would have fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they've been kind of uh, closed-lipped about what caused his death, but we're assuming it has something to do with this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was 94 years old. I mean, he's, I feel he like was they old. don't have to... Right. Get, it, you really, know. he died of old age. The other issues may have compounded it yeah. and um, caused him to die right now. But, yeah, yeah I, I didn't feel any real sadness. I no. mean, of course, anytime... Respect, you know. And anytime someone dies... I automatically feel for the family exactly. because, like, somebody is losing their father, somebody is losing their and grandfather. George W. Bush's eulogy, I didn't hear the whole thing. I was, at, it was actually great. at breakfast out when I yeah. saw it, but from the subtitles that I read in his emotional response, it was really beautiful. Right. I mean, I will say that I think that the Bushes have a very loving family yeah. unit. And, um, it, you know, right down to George W. Bush's daughters, mm-hmm. I think that they all have a lot of love and respect for each other. Yeah. And that really shines through. So I do have... Those are their nice redeeming qualities. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I do I do feel for them because it's a really tough time. I do too. And it's, you know, it's amazing that it's two presidents in the same... Family, you know what I mean? Like that, a former president is giving a eulogy, saying goodbye to, to another, another former, former president. president. You know, yeah. it is very much like this family affair, and you know, seeing mm-hmm. them all get on the plane together and just finally have a moment of just the family and being able to connect and things like that. That I think that we can all kind of relate. Right, to. It's, it's human in these yeah. times. Whenever we feel so um, separated and like bipartisan, it's 
it's human to see somebody grieving yeah. for someone that they've lost. Even if you don't agree with their politics, it's nice right. to see that, like, humanity. And to see people that you know. I mean, you don't know personally, but, you know, it's like, it's it's a president that, you know, we remember and another president that we remember. Everyone right. Coming. Like, it is kind of a weird thing because, like, you, you feel like you know so much about them and things like that, that when it happens, it does kind of seem like such a monumental right. thing. Right. I mean, and... and I do want to be worry, 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 worry of coming across too warmly because, yes, of course, we realize George H.W. Bush was a complicit a, a lot of the time in yeah. a lot of really awful shit, including yeah. the AIDS crisis um, and, you know, other uh, atrocities, yeah. as was George W. Bush. Um, so we acknowledge that. Yeah. We're not trying to come across well, like... I read the day that he died, I saw something on Facebook where it was like, the Democrats' favorite Republican. And I was just like, didn't they say the same thing about John McCain? Like, Yeah, I mean, ago? listen, I think that we're all just... This is where we are now, where if there is Anyone someone... Anyone compared to Trump exactly, is like a saint. Anyone on the other side of the aisle who's not actively treasonous yeah. or acting like an actual three-year-old, we're like, oh, brava! Yeah. <laughs> Amazing! And you get a cookie. Yeah. You get a cookie. <laughs> exactly. It, it just, yeah, it harkens back to an era of, like, civility between the parties that yeah. we're very nostalgic about. Yeah, I think, exactly. Is what's happening there. Yeah. Um, so, R.I.P. George H.W. Bush. Enjoy your time with Barbara. Do your thing. Do your thing. Okay, so what what else you got? Victoria's Secret Fashion Show. What okay, let's let's do this slightly more serious thing and yes. then that. Um so on Wednesday, Irish lawmakers passed legislation that takes the country one step closer towards providing free and legal abortions, approving a bill to legalize the procedure. It will now go to the Senate where it is also projected to pass. At the end of May, voters in the country overwhelmingly voted to repeal Ireland's decades-old constitutional ban on abortion. So here's what the bill does, according to the New York Times. And I'm getting all this from Jezebel, by the way, to credit them, because I'm basically reading straight from Jezebel. Um, The bill would allow a woman to seek abortion for any reason up to the 12th week of presidency pregnancy and later in a case of fatal fetal abnormality or serious risk to the woman's life or health. It includes a mandatory three-day waiting period after first consulting a doctor. So clearly the Catholic Church is opposed to this um, in Ireland. Yeah. But, you know, abortion rights activists are not opposed to this clearly because it's a step towards legalizing abortion, but are also a little um, hesitant about it. It's interesting because, like, my friend from Ireland has said to me that the Irish church doesn't, the Irish church, the Catholic church, doesn't hold quite as much power anymore, that it's becoming more Protestant. I'm sure that that's true, um, but I'm sure that it's still a large enough part of the... um, Right. uh, Their culture. Culture, Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, Anthony's family is Irish and they are... So Catholic. Uh, I mean, um, my, so my are you. name is yeah. Madigan Haggerty. Yeah. Come on. Soups. <laughs> Soups, yeah. The Mc- I'm, I'm a touch Irish. The inside. McDonough's, which is Anthony's yep. family, mm-hmm. are... Uh, oh, I know McDonough's. Very Irish Catholic. Yeah, my friend is actually, like, if they still had, like, Irish royalty, she would be a princess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but, I mean, at this on the same side... Are on the other side of that coin, abortion rights activists are a little tentative to be super excited about this bill because specifically the three-day waiting period um, 
there are a certain number of issues that come along with that, and it right. still doesn't well, make abortion accessible to right. everyone. It, it reminds me of when, when I was going to ask you if you knew anything about a follow-up with what what state were we talking about? I remember Georgia did something good that week, and then there was another state oh, that yeah. was letting us down. What was the state with the abortion laws that we were talking I, I about? I can't remember, but uh, I know but what you're talking was, about. We were, they were, you were talking about, like, you know, we were talking about how someone like you and I could maybe travel to another state or do something like right. that and be able to stay in a hotel where there's people who aren't uh, capable of doing those kinds of things where to me, I'm like, oh, a three-day waiting period. Oh, okay, so they're making sure that everything's good and blah, blah, blah. But for some people, it's like that doesn't work. Right. So this is a quote from Myreed Enright. I'm probably saying that wrong. This looks like one of those Irish names that is like, like I have a, <laughs> like Sir Ronan. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. I have a um, aunt named Siobhan and it's like S-I-O-B-H-A-N. Yeah. Like, yeah. Siobhan. Yeah. Um, so I'm probably saying that wrong. Myreed, Myreed Enright. Myreed Enright. Of Lawyers for Choice. Of the Lawyers for Choice. She said, for women in the remote countryside or in violent or co- coercive relationships, for teenage girls living under the control of their parents or women who have difficulty traveling, it is very hard for them to see a doctor once, let alone have to come back again at least three days later. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it, it is still pretty a, a pretty privileged position for these people to be able to obtain an abortion. But at the same time, it's kind of a win for reproductive rights. So, I mean, hopefully it's like at least a step in the right direction. It, it seems to be a step in the right direction. And, uh, it's progress. Yeah, you know exactly, especially in a country that is so historically driven by their religion. Yeah, it's something that you know we don't hear of very often of a very religious country. I mean, we America. Yeah, I was gonna say like, like we we have not put a countrywide anything on yeah. abortion really. So um, the fact that it's happening in Ireland is pretty amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. So yeah. kudos to Ireland. Kudos, kudos. Should we talk about Victoria's Secret Fashion Show? Yes. Mm, let's do it. So, first of all, my favorite memory of ever watching the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show, I was at Hooters, and I was eating a giant piece of chocolate fudge cake. The only thing I like about this is the chocolate fudge cake right? in this story. And then I'm just, like, watching these skinny-ass models. I'm like, you've been living off grapes and water for the last week, and I'm eating this fucking cake. I will be honest. I don't think I have ever watched the Victoria's Secret the Fashion Show. That's the only time I think I've ever seen it. Um... I I don't know. Something about it. I'm just like, so many girls I knew growing up would be like, we're going to have viewing parties, and we're going to get together and drink wine and watch. Which, listen, I'm a basic bitch, so yeah. I, I don't hate that. I mean, honestly, if somebody, were, if like a girlfriend, like if you were to call me and be like, hey, I'm getting Mackenzie and Christina and Cassie and everyone together, and we're going to drink wine and watch Victoria's Secret Fashion Show— Girl, I would be there. I mean, yeah. Like, because it's something, it's kind of like when you're girlfriends and you like watch The Bachelorette together or The sure, Bachelor, where sure. it's kind of like one of those things that you all do together. And that then you can be snarky about together. Yeah, or yeah. And you can talk about. And it's like, it's just an excuse to like get together or whatever. But this was it like. It just seemed like such a weird tradition to me. I like, don't, I'm like, why? It's just girls in lingerie you're never going to be able to. I mean, to be honest, I don't give a fuck. But <laughs> this year was interesting to me. But, um, yeah, I just uh, that's a very fond memory of mine. I'm like, I'm just going to sit here and eat my cake. Um, so they had their worst ratings in its history. Right. It was like year. a 30% decline or something Yeah, like it that. was 3.27 million people, which is, like, still a lot of millions of people. But, but not really. Not like, compared to what they have. and to That's this, less than the city of L.A. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's really not that much. So the kind of villain in this story a little bit is this guy, Ed Razik, who's the executive producer. 
And he had called this year's show its most ambitious. Ugh. He says, we have more musical guests, which I wrote as... We, we have more muscle guests. Good typo, Mads. Good typo. More muscle guests. <laughs> um, he goes, we have more musical guests, more fashion, and more stories than ever. And, of course, 60 of the world's top models. Okay. Um, what does he mean by... More stories than ever because to me, I don't that know. Do they almost do... implies like diversity, different sides of things a little I, bit? I don't know. I I've never seen the show, so I don't know if they do something like. Do they no. tell any no. like? No. Uh, well, then I have no, no fucking idea. They show the models backstage, and then from what I can remember, at least, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I've seen of it, they'll like show the models backstage and getting ready and blah 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 blah, and then there's gonna then a musical guest comes out and the musical guest is playing music on the runway, and then the girls walk up and down. Yeah, and I have no idea. there's musical desk, guest, so, or muscle guest, however you want to say it. <laughs> so, one of the guests this year was, is it Halsey or Halsey? Halsey. Halsey. So, on Sunday, before the show aired, but after she'd recorded it, right, yes. she issued a statement on her Instagram. She said, I have adored the Victoria's Secret fashion show since I was young. However, after I filmed the performance, some comments were made regarding the show that I simply cannot ignore. As a member of the LGBTQ plus community, I have no tolerance for a lack of inclusivity. Her statement likely references Razik's other comments about the show. When asked about curating runways with more inclusive casting, he explained that attempts at diversifying the models would be seen as pandering and didn't fit the company's message. So I think what that was indirect. Um, well, he- I have another quote here, too. Right. I hear that. Yes. So it says, if you're asking if we've considered putting transgender models in the show or looked at putting plus-size models in the show, we have. We market to who we sell to and we don't market to and we don't market to the whole world. Okay. We attempted to do a television special for plus sizes in 2000. No one had interest in it. Still don't. Well, here's the thing. The First fuck? of all, one, no you're not marketing to who you're selling to. That's not who you're marketing to. These shows are marketed towards men yeah, <laughs> for the most for part. For real. Um, he made some comment about how trans people cannot sell the fantasy of exactly. uh, Victoria's Secret and um trans model Nikita Dragon did a whole video basically, you know, proving them wrong yeah. uh, in response to that, which is really beautiful and we can put up on our Instagram. Mm-hmm. But the thing with Halsey, I like Halsey for the most part. I I'm like kind her. I'm different. Like, I, I'm not really like a. I like her. I'm not a stan, but like, I like her for the most part. But she, I don't know. Anytime a celebrity comes out with a statement like that, it rings really hollow to me because I'm like, yeah. okay, but you got your money. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you got your money already. And I know that she did donate some money to charity. Well, and she did make a point of saying, if you found me through the show, here are some ways that you can support the community and yada, yada, yada. Which so, like, I, I feel appreciate. Like I do. It's it's hard to know because it's like you don't really know what the circumstances are. I'm glad that she said something. I agree. I agree. I think I'm just pretty cynical because... No, I think it's a good thing to bring up because we, we don't know the whole story. And, and she it, that very well could be the case. And sure, absolutely. But, like, also to me, I'm like, you fucking knew that the Victoria's Secret fashion show was problematic already. And yeah. I'm not saying... And I, I always find myself in a really difficult position because, on the one hand, this is your job, and girl, get that money. You yeah. know what I mean? While you can, like, I I don't have a problem. You can't say no to everything. Yeah. And I understand that. But on the other side, as a feminist, I would be really conflicted about participating in the Victoria's Secret fashion show, even 
without those statements having been made. I you really, know? for me, and maybe it's because of the issues specifically that are very near and dear to my heart. I have just a lot of issues with that show be- because of their lack of diversity. And and I and that's nothing that's new. You know, we've seen the same Carly Clauses walk up and down that Absolutely. runway so many times, the Adriana Limas, whatever. Th- there's nothing different or right. new or exciting. And we live in a world where we're craving that. Right. I agree. I think that, so to say that their ratings would get better if they included exactly. different people. Oh, and- the last season. So I used to watch Project Runway religiously when I was living in Minnesota and like kind of my early years in L.A. And then I kind of stopped watching for a while. But this year I'd heard that they were doing or this past season I heard that they were doing um all different body types of models. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I love watch this. this. I want to watch this. Yeah. I mean, and also, I think having grown up, the more that I really think about the movies that we consumed as young women, you know, yeah. that we talked about The Notebook and just all of the movies, really, that we consumed growing up yeah. and the TV shows that we consumed growing up and the way that the Victoria's Secret fashion show was really marketed towards very, very young teenage girls or preteens. And we were sold this idea that, like, they. I remember when they released the Victoria's Secret model diet. And they're like, yes. "This is what they. This is what they eat. This is what Girl, the, how they work know out." I read that when I right, was of sick course, of, of course, because you it was know. like, "This is what they eat." You know, on, on the two weeks leading up to the fashion show, this is they how eat, hard like, they work out. Peeled grapes and water, and like. it was like. And it was marketed to us as something to aspire to. Yeah, and, and, so, and something that was obtainable, too. Right. Like something that, oh, you can do this, too. If you too. follow this strict, unhealthy diet, it was not that marketed... That will fucking kill your insides and make you a fucking lunatic. Right. It wasn't marketed in a it. way that was t- like seen as something damaging. No. And So to me, ever since then, the message... They need to rebrand. Because right now, the message they're you sending is still damaging. You know who I love, 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 love? Huh. Aerie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was Mm -hmm. looking at bras today on Aerie because I need some new bras and underwear. And there was a non-binary person on there. There were people of all different sizes, stretch marks, tattoos. And it makes it interesting. Exactly. If I were to see a non-binary person walking in the Victoria's Secret fashion show, that interests me. That's something I want to see. Yeah, even someone with some tattoos. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) Give me something. Or somebody with a stretch mark, for God's sake. Anything, you know? it's, It's also hard because you have a hard time imagining what those... Things those items are gonna look like on your body. They're gonna look like a, they're gonna look amazing, and they, and we should see that. Like well, it doesn't matter sure. what you look like, you can wear the bra and the underwear and the sexy lingerie, and you can look just as good right. whether you're a plus size woman or whether you're really tiny or have no boobs or have big right. boobs. Like I I agree with you, but the the thing I'm saying is that like it's really hard to imagine yourself wearing it exactly. because we don't see it. And that's why I don't buy clothes online from Forever 21 because I'm like, I don't know. This model is 5'11 and, you know, oh, they show 110 you the pounds. Like stats or whatever. And you're yeah, like, I look nothing it's like not that. It's not going to look like that on me. No. So I'm not going to buy it from you. If mm-hmm. you started incorporating, you know, women of all shapes and sizes, yeah. it would encourage me more to purchase yeah. your product. Um, okay. So the only thing that I have left is that Sandra O oh is going to host the Golden Globes. Yeah, she is. With Andy Samberg. But she will be the first Asian woman to host any major U.S. award show. So she sure will be. This has been such an awesome year, and it's such a 
shitty thing kind of that it took this long, but it has been such a great year for Asian Americans in film yes. and on TV. Um, uh, Crazy Rich Asians yep. is nominated. Mm-hmm. Sandra, or um, her show, all, Killing Eve. Say, Killing Eve. I was mm-hmm. going to say All About Eve. Um, Killing Eve is nominated. There, Black Panther is nominated. Yes. It's a very good year for um, diversity, comparatively, comparatively speaking. Comparatively, of um, course. But but it, it is, you know, kind of like what we, what we were talking about with the Ireland abortion law. Like, it's nice to see... Maybe we're taking some, like, tiptoe steps in the right direction. Progress and I is think, progress. Exactly. So, I mean, we have to kind of take them where we can. I know mm-hmm. I don't have any notes on this, but I know that there was just a Native American woman who was sworn into an office this week, and she did so in her, you know, traditional dress. Love it. I think that's amazing. I think that as much of a shit show as... 20 personally 2018 has been a good year for me but um as much of a shit show as it's been since 2016 you mean like life's been on fire yeah i mean <laughs> as much of a shit show as it's been in so many ways i feel like 2018 a lot of really awesome things happened too we started yeah. seeing more diversity in our um you know the midterms brought in uh, more women than we've seen right and well it's it, interesting to me to look back on just like the work that we've done this year and the things that we've talked about this year. And I think about our very first episode we talked about, which was Expose Your Pig, where we're talking about all the Weinstein stuff. Mm-hmm. And yes, we've had a few disappointing moments since then where people have, you know, Louis C.K. has kind of been forgiven a little bit by some people. And, you right. know, we've seen a lot of really problematic stuff. But the fact that any of this this year isn't talked about at all and that Me Too and Time's Up are still being discussed. Right. I think is a really amazing thing. And the fact that we went from, you know, last year's Oscars, Jimmy Kimmel making jokes about Black Panther not having a shot next year at award, you know, in award season, to them being nominated for a Golden Globe. Right. Maybe that's a really small step. But to me, like, it means a lot. Right. And I I love that we are also seeing diversity branch out from just black and white, you yeah. know, from because uh, for so long, I say this as as a black identifying person or a half yeah. black person for so long, diversity has meant, OK, put a black person in your cast. Exactly. And I'm so happy to see even in the smallest ways that it's starting to expand out to Latino, Asian, you know, Native well, American, when hopefully com- when it comes to sexuality. Right. It's, yes. Diversity absolutely. doesn't just mean black or white. It means who you identify as. Right. And um, and what size you are and how you perceive yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I really love cool. I think it's a very um, awesome. I'm, I'm really eager to see where we go yeah. in media because I think it's such an awesome time to be involved in media because People are having opportunities now yeah. that they maybe haven't had before. Yeah. So that's awesome. Like, the other day, it was like, look at how Brokeback Mountain was perceived when right. it came out. And then look at, like, Call Me By Your Name and how right. that was perceived. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The, the progress that we've taken in that time mm-hmm. is amazing. And I just hope that it continues to grow more and more. And I think within, you know, Hollywood slowly becoming more on... Um, I hate that I have to take sides, but, like, more on the liberal side or whatever. It's, like, I feel like they're kind of starting to progress more than our political side is, right. in a way, just yeah. because of the I Trump mean, administration. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I could talk about the ways in which I find Hollywood to be highly problematic. Oh, because and, it's highly problematic. Right, and there's, and there's a lot of virtue signaling and, I think, kind of fake 
um, liberalism that happens. Well, yeah. We, didn't we talk? Did we talk about that last week? I'm sure. I think I, we did. I'm sure we did. But but, um, but yes, I. There, I'm glad. But there are some, even if it's just for optics, like things are happening. Right, because the fine. media that you consume matters. And so regardless of how that media is being created, the fact that it's being created at all is really special and important. So I agree. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so we want to remind you guys, yes. we're doing our Ask Me Anything episode on the 21st, mm-hmm. I think, of next month. Yes. So, so should we say, so we're going to we're gonna record it on the 21st. Let's say, or we're putting it up on the 21st. So let's say that we want all of the questions to be in by like... A week before. A week before. Let's say that. Yeah, yeah. let's say well, a week well, let's before. Look, let me look at what that week before is so we can get this. So let's have all your questions in by the 14th. Yeah, that'd be great. So if you could submit your questions, we've already gotten a handful of really, really good ones, oh which I'm gosh. really excited about. Um, so you can ask us. It's literally an ask me anything. So yeah. you can ask us anything. Um, please... Email your questions or your sister solidarity stories, coming out stories, God, motherhood stories. We haven't stories. had any sister solidarity stories in so long, you guys. I need those in my um, life. Although we did get an email from somebody who was, it's not a sister solidarity story, but it is a recommendation for an episode topic. So yes. we appreciate that. You can email those to us as well at yeah. neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. You can also find us, DM us on Instagram would be the best place to do it. And you can do that at... Um, Angry Neighborhood Feminist. You can also find us on Twitter at Yamf Podcast, Y-A-N-F Podcast. And you can also message us on Facebook. Mm -hmm. We have our business page, which we would love for you to go and um, rate. And then you can also find our Facebook group. I know it's exhausting. I know right? it's such a long like. We need spiel. to like we need to have like a sign in here with like a list of things. I mean, that we need to touch. We do at the end pretty of well at hitting our we points. We do pretty good. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. Um, a quick reminder that you can listen to us on Radio Public. That doesn't hurt. We get a little bit of something. You don't have to pay anything. It's really a win-win situation. We greatly appreciate it. Um, also, you guys have been so, so good about it, but I'm going to continue to encourage it. Please continue to rate and review us on iTunes. That is one of the things that probably helps us the most from a business standpoint. Yes. It makes us look really good. So, <laughs> yeah, and just, like, feeds my ego. It's just like, so. oh, thank y'all. Like, I just wake up in the morning feeling, like, super good about myself. Um, so thank you to everybody who has been reviewing. And if you haven't done it, I'm just going to continue to ask you to do so anyways. Please do. Um... I think that's everything that we have to say. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, with that being said, we encourage you to rage on. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream.
So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.